Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Your Ben Jarofsky show <laughs> for Tuesday, April 26th is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago. Where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of pot to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. And it looks like we're going to have more Ben Jarofsky columns in the Chicago <laughs> Reader to come. Isn't that right, Ben? Yes, sir. Yay! Woo! That's the champagne opening. But don't worry, I'm not drinking the champagne. Although, perhaps if I had been drinking champagne, I would have mastered the technology that's involved in doing a podcast. Not at all. Not at all. That wouldn't have happened at all. We had a drunk Ben on our hands. ChicagoReader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A. V as in victory. S-K-Y. And hey, did you know that Illinois has an average monthly revenue of over $100 million from recreational cannabis sales? As of 2022, Chicago hosts an impressive 44 cannabis dispensaries. The Windy City is the perfect place for the Illinois Cannabis Convention. It's June 10th through the 11th, and it's brought to you by NECAN. The convention will be the largest gathering of the existing local medical cannabis industry and those getting into the new adult-use recreational market. The convention will showcase more than 100 companies, brands, and product lines. There's also four full programming tracks running each day for medical, business, cultivation, and social justice, featuring dozens of expert speakers with practical knowledge and advice for attendees of all levels of experience. All are welcome. Go to NECAN.com slash Illinois, N-E-C-A-N-N.com slash Illinois for information and to register. It is Tuesday, April 26th, and this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, Ben's first Tuesday co-host, Maya Dugmasova. And now your host, Maya Dukmasova's co-host for First Tuesday. Whoa, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this We're Still Here Tuesday, and here's why. Because, yes, we're still here. Now, there was no imminent danger, ladies and gentlemen, of us being shut down literally today, except by my own incompetence with technology, which we'll get into. But before I do that, D, I'm neglectful, and I apologize. Hmm. Did you have a good weekend? Oh, yeah. Very good weekend. Very <laughs> yeah, relaxing. Very chill. I know it's chill because you were, you're very chill. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. D deserves a medal for putting up with me. Uh, and my uh, inability to master the technology. So let, just, let me just share with you uh, all the news of the day. 
First of all, if you've been listening last week, you know, I was in California. I'm back safe and sound. I had a wonderful stay in California. Did not miss a show. Okay. Hardest working man in podcasting, uh, cranking out more and more podcasts. Cause I love to talk and D I've discovered something about, about myself. I was walking down a beach in Florida and I was thinking, you know, I'm in my sixties. I'm pushing 70. I'm like, what are my strongest attributes? And I realized D something I got the gift of gab. I could talk. I'm like talking you to just people. Realized this, huh? on the, just realized it. Just realized it. I'm talking to people on the beach. I'll see some guy with a shirt. Oh, I like that shirt. Where'd you get that? <laughs> yeah, you, know? you do that. It's, it gets weird sometimes. 15 minutes and tell me about his past, his life. And I'm listening. We then turns out the guy is like a, a Laker fan. There you go. Now we're down that road. Look out. <laughs> Well, that time so you came, you, the time you came to my place, you were like some lady walked by the dog. You're like, oh, I like that dog there. Like, oh, man, okay. <laughs> this lady's probably like, don't steal my dog. <laughs> it's a lost start is what I'm saying. Oh, Lord. So uh, I do have the gift of gab. I was made for a podcast, and I love doing podcasts. And, you know, uh, I was sure I'll share this. I'll us. Uh, what is the it's the fourth wall? I'll smash it. <laughs> Uh, so I'm telling Dennis, D, what happens if the reader goes down? What happens if we lose our podcast? I can't lose my beloved podcast. I love talking to people. Love talking about the news. Love listening to great riffs of my guest, Stacey Davis Gates. What riffer she is. She goes on those riffs. David Ferris, Ramon, all of them. But anyway, uh, there was, uh, to put it mildly, the reader, my beloved reader, which sponsors uh, this podcast and my column and pays my salary and provides me with health care, was really on the ropes. Uh, and I hadn't talked about it for a while, D. I kept quiet about it, kept that big yapper shut. But then it was like crisis time. Like it was like imminent. And uh, not to really go through the whole darn thing again. But, but did you notice I cleaned that up? Darn thing. DM. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Thank you. I'm thinking, you know, maybe we'll drop this one on Lumpkin. Wait a minute. Maya's coming on. Ah, uh-uh, forget that. Uh, so anyway, uh, there had to be a transition uh, from the old owners uh, to a not-for-profit. And uh, one of the old owners, uh, Len Goodman, who was a good friend of the show. I don't know if he's still a good friend, if he would still ever come on. But uh, uh, Len Goodman was reluctant, to put it mildly, to make that transfer uh, because he felt the reader had unfairly censored one of his columns. Uh, and uh, so Tracy Bame, who would be the head, along with Karen Hawkins, of the new team that would run the not-for-profit, was raising money, but we couldn't access the money. There was a concern that we were not going to have enough money to make payroll. Reader, writers, and editors, and staffers and across the board were freaking out. We didn't know if we would have a future. And uh, so this was like the dire situation that had been building for several weeks. It goes back to December. I kept my big yapper shut about it because I figured anything I could contribute would probably not help. Uh, anyway, finally, it was a really crisis situation last Thursday. The reader writers uh, and the editors uh, had a um, protest outside of Len Goodman's home in Chicago. Uh, I happened to be conveniently out of town when that went down. Uh and so they had a protest. And then anyway, yesterday, uh, no, it was Sunday. I've lost track of time. I decided I have to write something about this. Uh, D, you know, it's just too unreal to write 
anything other than what I was facing, which was the loss of my job, but also the loss of the reader, which is such an instrumental part of my life. Uh, I couldn't imagine a world without the reader, and but it was looking like that's the world that was going to exist. I just didn't know how to write about anything else. I was I was going to write a newsletter about my beloved Bulls, who really stunk up the joint Chicago to put it mildly over the weekend to the dastardly Bucks and that piece of beep Grayson Allen. Uh, but how could I write about the the Bulls when the reader was about to go out of business? So I wrote a piece for the uh, newsletter. About the reader being on the ropes, facing extinction, you know, uh, unless uh, Len Goodman decided to transfer control to the not-for-profit. And that that went out today. Uh, I wrote it yesterday, but that went out today at about 11 o'clock. Ten minutes later, there comes an announcement from the Chicago Tribune, scooped by the Tribune, and Crane. It was like neck and neck battle. Who is going to get the scoop first? Tribune with an elbow. I think it beat Cranes by that much. Uh, Leonard Goodman decided to uh, transfer control. He had transferred. The reader was now in the hands of the not-for-profit, so we're not facing extinction. Uh, Oops. (laughs) Uh, Can we bring back that newsletter? Anyway, I'm going to just take all credit for it. I'm going to say that newsletter was what uh, convinced Len Goodman to transfer. Why not, D? Anyway, uh, thank you, Len Goodman, for transferring. Uh, the ball is now in the court of the not-for-profit. Uh, I'm really uh, wishing best of luck to Tracy, Tracy Bame, Karen Hawkins, uh, and all their um, their team, the great team of fundraisers. Keep the reader alive. And uh, thank goodness uh, that's over. Anyway, the good news was announced. There was a special reader staff Zoom meeting. So I'm like, I got to listen to the Zoom meeting at noon. So I'm telling that Dennis can't do anything. I got to listen to the zoom meeting where they're going to explain our future. So I dutifully turn on the zoom meeting and guess what? My sound doesn't work. I'm like Richard Steele moment, Richard Steele, a very dear friend of this show. For some reason, whenever he comes on the show, his sound never works. So I watch various millennial producers like Dennis and DJ Nate working with Richard to get him through the steps he needs so he can literally hear us or we can hear him. I can't remember which one it is. Anyway, I can't make heads or tails of this damn Zoom thing. I can't get a sound. So I go out. I call my wife. Who else? My wife is like the brains of the operation. And she's a hairdresser, ladies and gentlemen. So just imagine this. She's cutting someone's hair. Ding-a-ling-a-ding-dong. Oh, it's my husband. Hold on. Right in the middle of cutting this lady's hair is frantic me. I can't hear anything of the reader staff meeting. Help me. And she's like leading me through. Go back to the Zoom. She's leading me through. I'm talking to her on the phone. All of a sudden, I get a message from Lenny over at the reader. Hey, we can hear you. I can't hear them, but they can hear me. Folks, come on, man. That's not fair. Good thing I didn't swear, D. You know what I'm saying? That's oh, very good. Maya Duke Masafa has joined us. Good thing I didn't swear at the staff meeting. They never would have invited me back to another staff meeting. Anyway, I did not hear the staff meetings. <laughs> but the good news is Dennis very patiently led me through 
uh, everything I needed to uh, be led through to get the sound to work. So I'm able to hear Maya when she comes on. She's standing by. We're going to bring Maya on a little bit. And the real good news is that Len agreed to make the transfer. So thank you, Len. I appreciate that. Uh, I know you had your principal reason for uh, opposing uh, making the transfer. And uh, I may have been the most sympathetic person to you at the reader, probably was. Uh, but you know what? The deal is done. It had to be done. The reader, as we know it, would have died. And I think that would have been a terrible loss. And I know I'm speaking, you know, we, it's easy for me to think it's the most important story in the world because it affects me and my family, etc. And I know, and my friends at the reader, and my colleagues and my peers, we were all freaking out. Uh, the anguish and the anxiety levels were so high. Uh, and I know like the rest of the world is going on. Like there's a lot of more important things in the universe, but in our little corner of the universe, this is really big, happy news. And so my reader lives, my column lives, the podcast lives, all the great writers and editors, the readers have a job. So onward and upwards, uh, is what I have to say. Whew. Anyway, Maya, welcome back to the show. It's a happy day. Uh, we know that we will be around for a little while longer. You must be feeling pretty happy, too. Yeah, I'm very, very happy for you guys, for the reader, for the city. Um, I think that this is uh, a fantastic win. It seems like every couple of years, the reader is in this situation of being on the brink of collapse and somehow every time um, the papers pulled through, the staff has stayed together, uh, presented a unified front, and somehow we, we we've always made it out of this uh, out, out of the impasse. And this time, I was really I was really not sure if it was going to happen. But I'm yeah, I'm just overjoyed at this news. I hope this is going to mean a more stable and you know bright future for the paper um, and a raise for everybody. Wow. <laughs> we went from extinction to Maya urging for a raise. Uh, yeah, it was a really scary moment for the reader, but uh, we passed. All right, let's get, uh, before we uh, go any further, uh, let's do a little promotion. Uh, Maya and I are co-hosts of First Tuesdays uh, at the Haida, and uh, our May show is set. It's been set for a couple of weeks. I've been talking about it on the air. Uh, really looking forward to this one. It's political junkie heaven. But Maya's going to work overtime to make sure that everybody understands what's going down. Uh, we have two guests, two aldermen, uh, Rodney Sawyer, the 6th Ward, uh, and Carlos Ramirez Rosa, the 35th Ward. And uh, Maya Carlos was on the show last week, and he was already gearing up for this great debate about the ward map. So talk a little bit about what, uh, what yeah. you have in mind for the show. Go ahead. Carlos also showed up to support the reader at the rally in front of Len's house last week and was already talking about the show then. Uh, basically, look, everybody sort of understands that there's this word remap and there's two contesting ideas about how to remap the, 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 the words. But I think a lot of people, you and I included, are not fully clear on what is the difference between the two maps, what is happening with the referendum, is the referendum really going to happen? Because there's been this talk about it being impending, you know, for months now. So we're just going to try to, first of all, make sure that you leave there with an understanding of what's the difference between the two maps, how and when we're going to find out for sure if there's going to be a referendum, and then, you know, what the sticking points between the two camps have been. I, 
Um, you know, maybe things will get spicy, maybe not, but I just hope that people leave with a clear understanding of what these two alternative proposals are. And these, these guys better do a good job of explaining that to our guests. Uh, well, I've actually talked, I talked to Rod Sawyer, Alderman Rod Sawyer from the Sixth Ward, uh, and uh, he has his worldview. And Carlos, as you said, uh, was talking at the reader, to you at the reader rally or at the reader rally about it. And he also was on the show last week. I know he has this very defined view. Uh, in general terms, people know it as the uh, Black Caucus map and the Latino Caucus map, uh, which is kind of awkward uh, to just have the maps divided that way, uh, as though it was a battle between blacks and Latinos. Uh, Carlos was trying to distance himself from that notion when he was on the show. Uh, and uh, and so was Rod. Rod wasn't on the show, but I was talking to Rod at length uh, to set up uh, the uh, first Tuesday. He was trying to distance it as well. And the reality, Maya, when it comes to redistricting, which has to be half done every 10 years because of new censuses, uh, census coming out, uh, the reality is that it's it's sort of like every older man or older woman for himself to a certain degree. Uh, and it's just like survival of the fittest mentality. And, and that's perpetrated in part by the design and desire of all different kinds of entities to get what they want. So you'll play one alderman against another alderman. You know, you try to just, all you need to do is build your alliance, get, get enough aldermen to pass the map. Uh, and, and, and if it's a travesty, well, then there's a lawsuit to follow. Let the courts, uh, you know, settle that matter. But for at the very moment, anyway, you will have a working map. This is a well, and don't forget that it's also about boxing out your opponents from the ward maps that are going to be the new ward maps. So I just saw something this morning. Uh, Frank Calabrese tweeted the alternative proposals between the two ward remaps. One of them, in which Ed Burke's primary opponent right now, Aaron Ortiz, is no longer part of the 14th ward. <laughs> so it, there's also a lot of that kind of politicking going on. Yeah, it's and that is um, he'll have to move back in really quickly, uh, probably get an apartment. And it's interesting that you mentioned, Burke, we're going to get into this because each side tries to label the opponent's map uh, in such a way that would turn the public against it. So uh, when Carlos was coming on the show uh, last week, he kept referring to the other map as the Michael Madigan map. And he was calling it the Michael Madigan map because one of the chief architects behind the scenes was an attorney named Michael Casper, who for years was the election lawyer for the Democratic Party. And so each side knows that if you link it to an unpopular the map, they're opposing map to an unpopular politician, you will discredit that map in the eyes of the public. OK, uh, and so it was very important for uh, and we've had I've had several guests do this. Talk about the Madigan map, the Madigan map, oh, even though Michael Madigan, as far as I know, had absolutely nothing directly to do with it. OK, but it's going to be the this Madigan. ties this ties in really well with the theme of our last first first Tuesday's show. The way that slapping Mike Madigan's name on something automatically makes it evil. Yes. So now you're going to hear a lot about the Ed Burke map, and this was put forth uh, by uh, Scott Wagsback uh, and uh, Michelle Smith in uh, today's 
Sun Times, where they're saying as though they're saying that the uh, Latino caucus map, which is the one that Carlos endorses, uh, is actually the Ed Burke map because it's favorable to Ed Burke. So Scotty Wag is back saying, oh, you're going to call my map the Michael Madigan map. I'll call your map the Ed Burke map. Uh, and um, uh, so that uh, that's sort of the gamesmanship going on. And Frank Calabrese, as you point out, uh, sent out this tweet. He was one of the designers of the Latino map saying, oh, if it's our map is such a great map uh, to Ed Burke. Why does it position Aaron Ortiz, his chief opponent, outside of the ward, if you follow what I'm saying? Uh, so there's going to be a flurry of of accusations, name calling, uh, being leveled in the next few weeks. Chicago voters will be really difficult and challenging, I think, to make sense of it all. But I know your goal, one of your goals will be uh, at the May uh, 3rd hideout show to keep it all straight, correct? Yeah. What are your goals? What are you curious about? Well, I'm really curious about uh, like the overall impact of the map uh, to the city of Chicago as opposed to like the most parochial needs or uh, of the individual aldermen. So I'm always looking for a map, in this case, a map that might contribute to uh, less inequity. That's if I think about my career, my overall these years, that's kind of my theme, pounding away at how we distribute the, the money we have, uh, how we can do it more fairly so all neighborhoods benefit and we don't have the the great majority of our money being targeted to a handful of gentrifying areas. And it's largely been a losing effort. I must concede Uh, the powers that be are far more powerful than me. So I'm looking at the map and I'm thinking, okay, will it contribute to the election of more what independent minded aldermen who might vote against this distribution of funds? You know what I'm saying? I'm wondering, will that, be an end result of it. Uh, so will we have more like aldermen like Byron Cisho Lopez's emerging from this map, you know, who will uh, oppose even in his own ward, a giant project like the 78, which is pretty much unthinkable when you, you know, just let's pause for a moment. This is a huge influx of money into the man's ward. Uh, I can't recall an alderman ever being against such a, a project of the scale of an investment in this scale in his ward. And he's doing it on a, Largely, he says on the grounds that it's it's not fair. It's going to promote gentrification, uh, and it's not fair to the the poor ward. So, that's kind of what I would like to get uh, out of a ward map. And when I think of citywide changes, just basically how we distribute uh, the money in the city of Chicago. Yeah, I can't wait to get these guys talking about that. So, anyway, uh, give the information that folks need to know uh, one more time. So May 3rd, next Tuesday, we're having a first Tuesday show at the hideout at 6.30, same time, same place as always. Our guests are going to be Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa and Alderman Rod Sawyer, and they're going to talk about, with us, the two competing Chicago Ward remaps. They are both in, in different camps, representing two different maps, and we will hopefully all come away with a better understanding of 
how the maps differ and what's at stake when eventually, I guess, with a high degree of probability, we're all going to have to vote on one of them in a referendum. And when they appear on the referendum, I guess the, my understanding is that the maps will actually be printed on the ballot, which you can imagine how much you'll be able to distinguish between the two of them on the ballot. But next to each map, there will be a list of aldermen who are in support of that map. So, you know, we, we first of all, I also just want to get a, a sense of who's in which camp, too, and who are who if there are still people who haven't chosen a camp. So I'm really excited to talk about this. This is this is going to set a course uh, for the city for the next 10 years. And um, yeah, we, it should be a fantastic discussion. You guys should all go online to Hideout Chicago and buy your ticket now because it's very likely they're going to sell out. Follow us at first underscore Tuesdays on Instagram. Find us on Facebook's first Tuesdays with Maya and Ben. And yeah, we will see you next Tuesday at 630. Very good. Maya, I know you got to go. You have another appointment you to get to. But before I do, tell folks anything new uh, from a Justice Watch, any stories you want to promote and talk about, go ahead. Yeah, we just had. So if you haven't already seen our Aging in the Shadows series that we co-published with the Tribune, my colleague Carlos Ballesteros has done an incredible job reporting on undocumented immigrants who are uh, who are aging elderly people, seniors who are not able to have their health care needs, their housing needs taken care of uh, because of their undocumented status. These are people who have been in this country for many, many years, who have worked and paid taxes in this country for many, many years, who don't get to benefit from any of the taxpayer-funded programs that other people their age get to benefit from that they have paid into, essentially. Um, it's, a, it's a really, it's, there's four stories. Uh, it's a really kind of heartbreaking situation, but the last of the four stories in the series uh, really talks about some of the um, state law changes that could be made to basically help improve the lives of these folks who've been working so hard for so many years, who now are basically in a position to have to work till they drop. Um, in order to provide for their most basic needs. It's a, it's a really, um, it's, it's, it's a disgraceful and shameful situation in our state that we have seniors uh, living in these conditions and having to work so hard uh, with, with, while having a lot of health problems, not being able to afford surgeries and medical care that they need. So if you go to injusticewatch.org, you can go to our projects page and see the Aging in the Shadows series. Um, we also just published a really important story about how difficult it is for people, for trans people, uh, to get their names changed um, after a felony conviction because of some state laws um, that makes it difficult for people to basically get their lives together, get back on their feet and move forward after they've been incarcerated. Um, get again, basic needs taken care of like, like housing. So those are some of the big uh, things that are, that, that are, that we recently published that I'm um, really proud to see out there. And then of course, uh, please subscribe to our newsletter, please donate. And um, there is, again, if you go to injusticewatch.org, you can click on judicial elections and we are about to revise and finalize the list of candidates who are running for judge will be on your ballot in June. All of the objections, all of the stuff is getting sorted out this week. So the ballot will be finalized. We'll know exactly who's on there. And we are still collecting feedback from 
any member of the public who has anything to share with us about any of these people running for judge. We've gotten dozens of tips about these candidates. They've been really helpful to help us figure out what to dig into. And yeah, I'm excited to report deeper uh, on some of these folks and encourage you all to share any information you guys have in right. justicewatch.org. All right. Very good. I, uh, you I got my eye on the clock because I knew you got to go somewhere. So I'm going to resist asking you about Elon Musk uh, buying Twitter, which is a topic that's really burning on my brain uh, right now. Before you run out that door, do you have any immediate thoughts? Because I kind of feeling this is something that uh, you have an opinion about. I actually don't. I mean, a lot of people are po- tweeting about how they're going to leave Twitter. I don't really know. You know, I don't. Of the plans that I heard that he has for it, I don't really see how that's going to make the experience of the platform drastically different. I mean, maybe like harassing comments are just going to show up in a way that just hits your eyes when you look at who's replied to your tweets. I guess maybe that's going to be something rather than like being, you know, screened out the way that they are now. Maybe you're going to be more vulnerable to direct messages that are that are you know whatever her, her, her harassing unwanted type of messages but again like i these changes haven't happened yet so i'm not really sure my user experience has not changed in the last 24 hours so i i hesitate to weigh in yet about like what this means for the future of free speech or anything like that Yes, uh, it's probably wise not to weigh until you know everything. But uh, I got to say, what it says about capitalism is something that I find endlessly fascinating, uh, that he was able to raise so much money uh, so relatively quickly uh, to purchase and and, uh, take private uh, Twitter. Uh, Astounding display of financial muscle and strength on his part and complicity of the banks. Uh, to to just to lend him the money, it kind of reminds me in many ways of Donald Trump raising money from banks for his ver- various ventures, including the Trump Tower right here in Chicago. Uh, and eventually, the problem uh, becomes the bank's problem when it comes back, to, you know, to paying back the loan. So I would I'd be following this as a financial story as much as a quote unquote free speech story. Uh, on this show, bring on some experts to talk about the capitalistic capitalism <laughs> in action, just a raw display of it all, raising money within a week, over $40 billion, Maya. It's just staggering. And I think in a reader, like struggling, you know, go. let's tie them together. You know what I'm saying, Maya? We're like barely staying alive. We Now we get to go raise some money. If, if we raise a million... LZ and Len put in over $1 million to help this state paper survive. Like, think about the contract. It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. A world in which um, our jobs were basically, you know, in the balance over a million dollars or a little bit more, you know. Any, all of it is just couch change compared to the sums of money that you're talking about in, in, you know, on, in this Elon Musk world. That is so true. I'm going to write that down. Couch change. It's the equivalent of the quarters, nickels, and dimes you find uh, in your couch after you've been sitting Pennies. watching TV. Pennies. Uh, so it's pretty astounding, and it's, uh, you know, I try to smile at these things, but it's a disparaging statement in many ways uh, about our values uh, as a society in the, in this kind of this capitalist state. All right, Maya, go do your thing. 
And uh, I'll talk to you real soon. May 3rd, everybody. Uh, Tuesday, May 3rd, my and I, uh, Alderman Rod Sawyer and Alderman Carlos Ramirez Rosa. Should be a great show. See you next Tuesday. Very good. <laughs> That's Maya Dukmasifa from Injustice Watch, my partner in crime for uh, first Tuesday show. May 3rd is uh, the our next show. And as she was saying, there's still tickets available, so buy them if you can. All right, Dr. D, uh, I think we're going to head out the door. And uh, it's been a short show today. I didn't even know if I was going to have a show today. I didn't know if the reader was going to be in existence uh, when this day began. And I'm really happy to say uh, that it is in existence. It will be continuing to operate. And um, so many mixed feelings uh, as, as I think about this. On one hand, I'm really glad that it ended the way it did. On the other hand, I feel it was, wow, it's just like an, an exercise in some ways. And just so, so much anxiety. Uh, and stuff like this happens all the time. I, I realize that I just, I think of all many times, um, it just in my, my own life with the reader, when it looked as though the reader was going to go out of business and the whole family gets involved. Will daddy lose his job? Will there be healthcare? I know this happens a lot in the economy to millions of people. So it's far greater than, uh, us, the, the staffers at the reader. Uh, I realize how precarious things are, can always be. Uh, in um, in this capitalist state of America. So very frightening in many ways. But the news is good. Uh, Lengeman decided to transfer, and so the reader lives on uh, for another day. So that's good news. All right. I want to thank Amaya for coming on the show, and I want to thank Dennis for sticking with us through up, the ups and downs and the turmoil and the turbulence, etc. cetera. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a full show. And so uh, thank you all for putting up with us this reader talk today on the Ben Jarofsky show. We were very self-obsessed. Maybe we won't be so self-obsessed tomorrow. I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, pride of joy of all Illinois, without whom this show would be possible. And as Maya, uh, Len Goodman, and Tracy Bain will tell you, back home at Alton, they call it Dr. D, and the D stands for DeMarvelous. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. 